Is it eating the plastic or is it trying to drink my stuff? I don't know. understand any of that. I don't claim to. I really need to grow up someday before I'm dead of old age. I don't know anything about rodent care. I have been doing paperwork. I have been doing paperwork. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. Uh, my name is Dan Class, and uh, I'm in my garage under the <laughs> flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. I've been saying those words. In two microphones now for uh, uh, 17 minus four, 13 years, 13, 14, 13, 12, 13, I don't know. It, it's since, two, since November of 2004, I have been sporadically, I admit it, recording podcasts. Now, really, uh, I think what, if what I did, if I uh, tallied up the number of podcasts I've done and and you know, it doesn't take a tally. I just look on the website. It's like 300 and let's say it's 350. I don't even know. But let's say 350 podcasts divided by 12 or 13 years. Whatever. Dan, I have had plenty of time off. Now, I know if you're a regular listener to the show, and let's be honest, if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening right now. You know that I um, uh, have been gone for a while. And the reason that I've been gone for a while at least what, what I'm going to blame my absence on is this. Sorry, my nose is itching me. Um, my wife and I did not... Well, we... Okay, I shouldn't put it that way. We planned to have children. We just didn't plan it all the way through. And what I mean by that was, you know, we definitely decided to have kids. And we definitely had kids when we wanted to have kids and in the order and, you know, like all that stuff. Perfect. What we didn't factor in is that the kids might end up in private schools and that because the kids were in private schools and were exactly four school years apart, that we would be trying to get one into high school and one into college at the same time. So I... <laughs> I have been doing paperwork. That's what I've been doing. Hey, Dan, what you been doing? I've been, do I've been doing paperwork, and I've been worrying about forgetting to do paperwork, and I've been doing paperwork. Now, which is not to say that my kids haven't been doing paperwork, too. They have been doing paperwork. There is so much writing, especially to get into college. It is unbelievable. Uh, Hudson, who you know, who has co-hosted this podcast many times over the years, he applied to, let's say, uh, 9, 10, 11 schools, something like that. Now, a couple, a couple of them were those super safety schools that you don't have to really do that much. You know what I mean? You just drive by and go, I'll go. And then they, you know, that's an application. But some of these schools, man, it's just, it's reams. Well, not reams. That's old fat. You know what I mean? It's bites and bites and bites and bites. It's characters, 4,000 characters here, 4,000 characters there. 
Tell us something that changed your life. Tell us something that didn't change your life. Tell us about your family. Tell us about your friends. Tell us, write a short story about this. Write a short story about, it's, it's insane. And that's just to get into the university. Then if you're, you know, foolish enough to think you want to go for some sort of writing program, that's a whole other supplemental application that you have separate writing for. To the point where, and I don't mean to bag on on uh, these schools because these are great schools. Should I mention this? It doesn't matter. One so there were two schools that he was applying specifically for film writing programs. Film writing. Two of the biggest film writing programs in the country. Definitely in the – right? Okay. So on the application of the first one, it says – Oh, you can see my screensaver behind me if you're watching the video. That's funny. I forgot that would happen. Um, write, a, write a script for a scene or short film where two people are stuck in an elevator. Two strangers are stuck in an elevator. And it's New Year's Eve. And so you write that. And then you go to the application a couple days later for the other big writing program. And it says, write us a scene... With between two people, and whatever you do, do not write us a scene with two people in an elevator. Because what we don't want you to do is kind of amortize out all the work that you're doing to apply to these schools and double submit these scripts. We want you to pay your dues right here and now and prove to us that you want to get into this school so badly, not only will you write the scripts for them, you'll write the scripts for us and, not sure how you're supposed to do this, keep your grades up senior year. Oh, my God. And then we have, apparently the, the uh, thing you just do, it's just how it works, you apply for financial aid. Now, if you're super rich or super like you've been saving really well or something, maybe you just think that those sticker prices on the schools are the cost. That's not. Apparently, it's like buying a car. And you go in there and you kind of negotiate the whole thing. And it's sort of like when you go to buy a car and the guy comes in and goes, well, my manager said he'd agree to this number. You know what I mean? The whole thing is basically, listen, we're going to have you fill out a bunch of paperwork. Because really what you're, you're going to give us all of your financial information. We're going to take all your financial information. We're going to boil that down until we determine how much you can pay before you snap. And that'll be your tuition. Now, where you get this money, uh, listen, we, I don't, we haven't even gone through that. I have no, uh, is it loans? I don't know. There aren't exactly, and I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, there aren't that many applications, you know, like scholarships, schol I can't speak, I'm sorry, scholarships specific to like tall, heterosexual, white, male college students. So it's all of these academic things that he has to apply, like I'm bemoaning that he's a straight white male, the poor kid. But you know what I mean? So now, thankfully, so literally, this has been going on. It feels like since we last spoke. Now, you know, listen, the, the last thing in the world that I 
your humble narrator, Dan Class, should be doing is paperwork that involves numbers. Because I hate paperwork that involves numbers because I, uh, I just, it just, it scares me. I'm a letters guy. I'm an images guy, not a numbers guy. But the really, like, worrisome part isn't even really the numbers. What it is, I listen, I don't know an IRA from a CD from a 401. I, I don't, I don't understand any of that. I don't claim to. I really need to grow up someday before I'm dead of old age and figure all that out. I get it. But that's the part that kind of like, do you, well, list your investments. I don't, do we have investments? I have no idea. We have nothing. My investment is this microphone that I'm yelling into right now. That's, that's my, my most valuable wor worldly uh, asset. But I've been so worried since really like Halloween and it's almost Valentine's Day. So this I mean, it has been brutal. And if you've gone through this, I'm sure you know exactly what I, since Halloween. I have been so worried that we're going to miss a due date that I am freaking losing it. You know what I mean? Because like, it's one thing. Listen, if I forget to hand the kids tuition check, you know what I mean? There's wiggle room. But I figure if 30,000 people, however many people are applying to a big university that your, your son really wants to go to. Can you really hand that in late and just kind of smile at everybody like you do at the front desk and go, oh, shucks, and everything will be okay? I, I, I don't think so. And certainly not if you're like mm, hat in hand begging for money. Like there's no way that you can go, ah, you know, I just had a brain fart and uh, so sorry. Here's my uh, 1040 from last year. So it's this constant, uh, 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 constant, constant. But we're over it. I'm back. I'm back. I'm doing I'm back in the studio doing the podcast. Now, um, I'm I'm recording this. I'm not streaming this. I'm recording this. And I know everybody's into streaming now. I don't really know why, because none of us really want to sit down at the old computer or the, even the TV when something's actually being live. You know what I mean? Like, when was the last time you watched a TV show while it was being broadcast? So what the fascination is right now in 2017 with live streaming, other than the fact that we actually can do it, is beyond me. Now listen, I'll do it. I'll probably do it soon. I'll definitely do it for money. I'll teach you how to do it if you want. I'm just not that into it. Because... What percentage of the people that are going to watch your live stream are really not going to watch it live? And if you're not going to watch it live, what is the point? Why not raise the production value and make it downloadable like everything else? Right? Did you really want to watch OA live? No, man. You want them to produce OA like a, like a movie. Like this podcast. In theaters coming in January. The bitterest pill. No. So, where? why did I start that rant? Oh, yes. Uh, I, you know, you may remember several years ago, don't remember how many, honestly, again, bad with numbers, bad with time. Uh, diagnose me, please. Uh, I was going to teach podcasting a couple of years ago at UCLA. And we got it all worked out and I did all my instructor training and then not enough people at that time signed up. 
even though at that time, USA Today was saying that podcasting was finally booming. We had the whole course worked out, and I took my instructor training for my hybrid half online, half in this classroom class, and started, I put the whole thing, the whole syllabus and everything together, and then not that many people signed up, even though we were having the renaissance of podcasting. Well, of course, we're having that again because it happens every two years. There's a cycle of like stock press releases or something that the I don't know what who goes through. But now we're back. Everybody's rediscovering podcasting. Awesome. So I went back to UCLA and, and said, hey, should we? And they said, yeah, let's do it. So the podcast course is back on. If you live in Los Angeles and you want to learn pasta, if you want to learn podcasting from someone that can't even pronounce the word, consider coming to my podcast class. Now, I'm going to tell you why. And, and, and listen, it's very hard for me sometimes to self-promote. But when it comes to this sort of thing, I definitely know what I'm talking about. Now, is it worth going to UCLA, UCLA to learn podcasting? Well, I think so. Yeah, because I've been on YouTube and I've seen the podcasting information they have there. And a lot of it is really good. But but listen, the depth that you can go to in 12 weeks on a college campus where they're telling you to like really get into it, man, is great. But this is what this is what happened yesterday that that I think you'll appreciate. And this is the whole reason I brought it up. So, so I'm Googling college-level podcasting courses because I want to see how many people are doing. And, and not that many answers, uh, you know, results came up in Google. But I did find this one thing. And there's this website, and I can't remember the name of it. But they have all these tutorial videos on there. And for $15, you can get a two-hour internet course on how to start a WordPress word. Man, I can't, I can't talk today. How to start a WordPress blog or uh, how to monetize your podcast, how to launch a pro like it's all these things. So I find this guy who for $15 has a two hour thing where he's going to teach you how to podcast, which I thought, well, shoot, that's pretty good. Okay. So I watch his introduction and I don't want to comment on the horrible sweater that he was wearing. It's just not my thing. But he seemed to have a pretty good thing going. You know, it was very well shot. He had a, an impressive resume. He was showing some cartoons behind him because I, I, I don't know if he worked at Fox or something when they were making a cartoon. I don't know. So I watched the introduction. I'm like, oh, you know, this guy, yeah, he's probably doing a pretty good job. So I watched the beginning of his first, like his little sample video. In his sample video, he's going to talk about microphones. And he pulls out a microphone. And he goes, hey, this is the Blue Yeti made by the company Blue uh, it's an awesome microphone. You talk into it and it sounds like this and yada, yada, yada. And he's talking into the wrong part of the microphone. And I say to myself, Dan, pretty sure he's talking into the wrong part of the microphone. This man, the people are paying money to teach them podcasting is talking into the top, okay, of a side address microphone. So I said to myself, Dan, don't be a jerk. This guy seems like a perfectly nice guy. He, he seems like the kind of guy that, right, would teach you something. Maybe you're mistaken. You've never used a Blue Yeti. 
You've never even touched a blue Yeti. Maybe it's not a side, it's a side address microphone. There's a cartoon on the website that's got to be literally 800 pixels wide of a Yeti talking into the side of a microphone with a like thumbs up thing and then another Yeti talking into the top exactly like this guy who's trying to get your money to teach you, right? Talking into the top of it with a like the do not Ghostbusters thing over it. You get what you pay for. Okay? So if you if you get information, and I don't mean to just because there are some people on the internet that give away information about this stuff that are amazing. And you know who, who they are. They're people like Dave Jackson. If you want to learn podcasting and you can do it by yourself on your on the internet or whatever, go to Dave Jackson and Paul Colligan. You're done. Okay? But if you're in LA and you want to sit down and have someone hold your hand and really walk you through every detail and i'm telling you we're bringing in elements of psychology elements of stand-up comedy performance voiceover techniques principles that i've learned from pr from advertising from self it's 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 gonna be a little nuts actually so um but yeah into the oh god just like, i'm so embarrassed for all of us this guy is talk anyway never mind i gotta get i gotta i gotta get over it my God, I gotta, I gotta get over it. But there's no certification, right? Everybody is a podcast expert. Joe Blow has been podcasting since 2015, and he's a podcast expert. And he wants to teach, really? Okay. Anyway, I gotta calm down. So, we haven't really spoken that much. Now, I know we... You know, we talked a little bit after the election. And we're not going to talk about that at all. Trust me. I got plenty of stories to tell you that have nothing to do with anything like that. Okay? And I don't even really know. Well, we'll just, you know, the first, the only thing I can think of is the garage. Okay, so. See, because I love, you know, I love podcasting. I want to teach people podcasting. I want to help people record podcasts. So what I wanted to do, and maybe we already talked, I don't, you know, maybe I've even told this whole story already. I have no idea, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. If it's a rerun, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a re-recording of an old, I, I listen, I, uh, right. So, but what I decided is, uh, well, I'm having this immense deja vu. I wanted to return, I wanted to turn the entire garage into a podcasting empire, okay? What I want to do is, now you know I record in this box here in my garage. Now this takes up about, let's just say half of the garage side to side, and then most of the garage front and back. There's enough room, you know, outside for the refrigerator and a shelf or whatever. That's, that's pretty much it. So what I wanted to do though is I wanted to clean out the garage of as much stuff as I could. And I wanted to put up drywall and curtains and everything and make a big space in there and get lights and everything and turn that into the video studio. So I'd have then the audio studio and the video studio. And people could come in here and record a podcast. They could go in there and record a video podcast or they could stream or whatever. All that I need, because I have all the equipment, uh, most, of, most of the, okay, I have a little, I have a, I have a laptop. Okay, listen, I have a laptop. And I have uh you know, the expertise enough 
to want to do that. So I decide I'm going to clean out the garage. So my big plan is I'm going to clean out the garage and then I'm going to get some pallets, those wooden pallets. Have we talked about wooden pallets yet? I'm going to put wheels on the pallets and I'm going to put all the Christmas decorations on one of the pallets and then all the Halloween decorations and a bunch of other things on the other pallet. So that way, and then any, everything else on the shelves and everything else I'm just, I'm going to toss because I want to be able to go into the garage, right? Open the garage, pull out on this pallet, all the Christmas decorations, pull out on the other pallet, all the other crap, and then have a nice open space to use as a studio. This is my big plan. For me to have a business in the garage, I can make my own schedule. I can have a bunch of people come over. It'll be so much fun. I love it. I'll meet people. I'll make friends and influence whatever. I'll, you know, I'll do what I do, right? So I start cleaning out uh, the garage. Now, this is obviously above and beyond all the work that I've done, and we are not going to get into this today. Putting some sort of BS ventilation system in the studio because it was so hot all summer that I was in here with my next-door neighbor, Corey, the quarterback. Quarterback Corey was in here taking off his shirt because it was so hot in here. So it's not even that. This is a separate insane plan to turn the garage into right an empire. Basically an empire, okay? So I start throwing, throwing stuff away. I start cleaning stuff out. I, I'm going to pull as much stuff out as I can. I'm going to consolidate. I'm going to have a big uh, goodwill pile, a big garbage pile, a big recycle pile, a big this pile, a big that pile. And I notice on the floor there are piles of excrement. Okay. Tiny piles of excrement inside the garage. Now, you know me probably well enough to know that I have a, a bit of a complicated relationship with wildlife. Now, if you don't know, in a nutshell, I, um, I like birds, but I'm afraid of birds because I think the, listen, I'll be honest with you. The crows in the neighborhood think that I killed a crow and I did not kill a crow. It was dead, completely dead on my driveway. But the crows saw me moving it and they became convinced that I killed their friend Jimmy. And so, so I'm a little nervous around the crows around the house. Not, not at your house, at my house. And then we get possums and there's something about possums and how stupid and slow they are that I, I Liz, and I'm not proud of this. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this because I think it's cute. I, it's just the truth. I, I like, I do get a weird sick enjoyment hitting possums with a broom. But to be very clear, I don't hit them with a broom stick. I hit them with a broom, which I think is a lot more genteel. I'm not clubbing it like with a billy club or a nightstick, right? I'm not like whacking it on the skull. I'm, it's a sweeping motion. 
on their to get because I basically my goal is just run away. That's all I ask. If you're a possum and in your right, you're in my backyard, and I sort of come along like, hey, this is my backyard, and then I start to hockey you like a freaking Gretzky with the. Could you just run away? And then there's rodents. So, you. You know, a long time ago, there were a bunch of mice that were living in this cabinet that we have in the garage. We had a big bag of uh, grass seed, and who knew that they liked to eat grass seed? So apparently there was an entire colony of the cutest little mice living in the grass seed bag, just eating it and living in there, uh, you know, for a long time. So we got rid of the grass seed, and lo and behold, the mice uh, left. So I'm cleaning out the garage. Now, keep in mind, I'm trying to start an empire here. Okay, and I see a little bit of mouse poop. Now, just to be clear, and my excuse is that this is California and I grew up on the East Coast. Now, on the East Coast, you, you don't really have to throw anything away because you have a basement. So my wife and I grew up with basements, so my wife and I are not really great at getting rid of things. But we don't have a basement because we're in California and we don't make basements here. So everything ends up in the garage. So our garage is not full of two cars. Our garage is full of this studio and everything else we've ever owned that isn't in the house that we can't possibly throw out. So to say the garage at this point is full is a ridiculous understatement. And there's mouse poop in my future corporate headquarters. And this makes me very upset. So I put a fresh six pack of Diet Coke in the refrigerator and I start to work um, sweeping. So I sweep up all the mouse droppings, right? Because they're near the refrigerator. The refrigerator, semi-accessible, sweep them up, no problem. So job well done, Dan. Obviously, there's nothing here to eat. It can't get into the refrigerator, right? So you swept up the doo-doo. It came in, whatever. It's gone. It looked right. Okay, fine. So I continue to take things out of the garage. So one of the things I take out, because there's, you know, there's dust and like this dirt and stuff in there everywhere, right? So I take out the, this uh, set of shelves and then there were some, uh, you know, gallon bottles of a, like a windshield wiper fluid and wood deck uh, soap and some sort of uh, ammonia and a thing of uh, something else. I can't even remember. Oh, I think it was like um, <laughs> fog machine fog. Okay, so I've got all these gallon jugs, right? So I'm moving the gallon jugs and one of them is empty. I'm like, Dan, you know, you could have gotten rid of this thing ages ago. It's freaking empty. What is your stinking problem? And then I realized that under those th the bottles is liquid. And it occurs to me that it's the liquid that used to be in the empty bottle. And then it occurs to me that how would the liquid get out of the empty bottle? Because the cap is on the empty bottle. And I don't come out in the middle of the night, open the garage, get it and pour ammonia or whatever the hell right under the shelving unit in the garage. 
The mouse rat thing, the rodent, had chewed through the bottom of whatever this bottle was of ammonia. Do mice eat plastic gallon jugs? Are they so hungry or so thirsty that they will eat or drink anything? And, and, and maybe it was. Maybe it was because it was so hot in the summertime. I have no idea. I don't know anything about rodent care. So I continue to clean up the garage. Now, this takes days. Because as I go through the garage, right, I'm kind of digging my way back towards the back of the garage, taking things out and sweeping, taking things out and mopping up. The mouse ate through several bottles of Diet Coke. He, he or she, it, the thing, the vermin, would chew the bottom of the bottle and then the Diet Coke would... Now, I don't know if it was getting all wired so it could then eat through other... St I have no idea. Does it like... like I, I beg you, explain to me why whatever this creature was would eat the wheels off of our luggage. Why? Why would it... First of all, the luggage isn't even just sitting around. The luggage is in... A garbage bag. My wife is concerned about things in the garage getting moist. You know, because we live in Southern California. It's so damp here. She doesn't want this stuff get to get moldy and to get dusty. So everything in the garage is, of any value anyway, is wrapped in garbage bags. Big black contractor bags, okay? So this thing has eaten through the contractor bag to see what's in there. Seen that it's our luggage. And decided, you know what I'll do? I'll eat the wheels. That should be delicious. The wheels off the luggage, whisker, wicker, I can't talk, I gotta get another Coke, wicker baskets, a shag rug that had dog pee on it that I just never got around to cleaning, but I couldn't bear to throw it out. So it kind of just got thrown in the garage. It was this cute pink rug of my daughter's, the, the mouse ate a huge hole in it, like a hole that you can't ignore. You can't say to your daughter, oh, it's just little, we'll just comb it. No, a huge stinking hole. And the more I dig, the more I find that the rat has eaten anything that is not made of glass or metal. And the, um, the topper, you know what I mean? The, the, the coup de gras. The thing that put me over the edge. I'm way deep in the garage at this point. This, again, has been going on for days. I have been drinking excessive amounts of caffeine and cleaning out the garage until one in the morning, over and over, because all of our worldly possessions that we can't part with are on the driveway all day and night as I'm cleaning out this crap, literally crap. What really threw me over the brink. I'm in the back of the garage and there's shelves back there. Off the floor, like mounted to the wall shelves, okay? And on the shelves are boxes, cardboard boxes, plastic uh, boxes with, you know, whatever. 
the thing, my enemy. This mouse rodent thing, whatever it was, got into one of those boxes and ate the wrapper off of a mouse trap. I'm going to repeat that because as you know, and I, w I wish I did. I do not make these. I'm standing on a step stool at 1230 at night with a fan on me because it's so hot. And I'm going through our things and I'm throwing out everything that's been. And I find mouse traps that I must have bought like spring load, like real mouse traps that I must have bought back when the little mice were living in the grass seed. Actual mouse traps with the spring and the thing and the whole the wood they're kind of they they almost look like mouse traps from a cartoon like who the hell buys those th it ate the wrapper of the mouse traps that is some sort of vermin fu that I just could not and that was it that was when I decided it had to die. Now, I don't know how you feel about animals. I don't know how much detail that I should go in for the rest of the story because I know some of you want me to kill it right now and slice it into a million pieces and throw it under a bus, and I get that. And then some of you think it should just be caught on a pillow and given some chamomile tea and then released into some sort of wildlife preserve. And there is a preserve, there is a, there's a protected area near the airport that's completely fenced off and it is protected land because there's some special butterflies that live there. So I could, I could have somehow trapped it somewhere, like making it a, a really beautiful mouse condo with some brie cheese, right? A vapor, like one of those vaping... You know, those oil lamp things that makes the like smelly, you know what I mean? Like really a spa and lured it in there and then very gently driven it over to, right? And released it. And it could have lived away from my luggage with the butterflies. Now, listen, it, it does get a little noisy over there because the, the planes fly over, but no humans are allowed in there. And it could frolic. It could play with the butterflies. See? Or... I could go to the store and buy plastic trays full of glue and hope to hell he walks in it and gets stuck and dies. And then I can throw him in a garbage can. And again, I don't. I don't know which I, I don't. OK, so. So I got a cardboard box. What time is it? Okay. I got a cardboard box. I hope this is still recording. I'm not even looking. Hold on. Let's check. This is a very important story. Wake up. Okay. So I got a cardboard box. You know, I got plenty of cardboard boxes because I'm cleaning out the garage. And I found a box of 
old um, dollhouse furniture and some scraps of wallpaper samples that we had when um, we were uh, redecorating the kitchen many years ago. And so I took the cardboard box and the scraps of wallpaper and the furniture, and I put the wallpaper on the inside of the box. And the furniture I kind of rearranged in there. You know what I mean? I had some popsicle sticks, and I painted them white, and I put them around a hole that I cut in the front to kind of look like molding around a front door. And then on one of them with a little, one of those super narrow Sharpies, I wrote, uh, welcome. And I went into the house and we don't know, we don't have Brie. Okay. We are a mozzarella and Monterey Jack family. So I thought I'm going to get some, I'll put some cheese in there. And so I got a little piece of Monterey Jack. Well, little for me. Big for a mouse, right? But 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 like but I sliced it nicely. Like if you're having, you know how when you're having guests over, and you put a, a a cheese plate together. We have this cutting board, and that's what we serve cheese to our guests on, right? And you always, you know, you've got those like, um, you know, a curved rectangle of cheese. Is there a name for that? You know what I mean? Where uh, they take a round, big thing, a round thing of cheese, a cheese round, and they cut it. So it's sort of like a triangle, but sort of rounded on the. You know what I mean? So I had one of those that was mozzarella and one of those that was Monterey Jack. Now, this is not pepper jack. You don't give a wild animal pepper jack. That's ridiculous. And I had an, I took another piece of popsicle stick and I broke that so it was a little smaller, like a little um, cheese plate. And I p- put that on there and I put that on the little doll uh, table, the little, you know, it had like a dining table. Okay. And I had a pretty good idea where the mouse was walking because of poop evidence, okay? So I put down this little condo and I put the cheese in there and I had the whole, uh, I saw this thing online where like I had a fulcrum and a little thing so he could walk up the thing into the condo but then the weight of him would push the seesaw thing down once he's in, right? And then he wouldn't be able to get out because then this thing would come down like a another piece of a piece of wood would come down, okay, and kind of block the thing. But he wouldn't care because he'd be in the condo, and the condo has cheese in it, and he's been eating the wheels off the luggage. So this is a perfect plan. This is a perfect plan. So what I didn't anticipate is that you then have to pick up a box with a mouse in it and put it in your car. And now I, okay, so now he's in the, he, he does go in there at night, obviously. He, at night he comes out and he walks around and, he, and looks for luggage to eat. And he must have smelled the cheese and it was right on his path. I mean, he couldn't miss it. He almost had to go in there. He, like to not go in there, he'd have to go under the refrigerator. Why would you go under the refrigerator to avoid, this was my plan, to avoid cheese when you can just go toward, go straight toward the cheese and then eat some cheese. So now I've got this mouse in a box with furniture in it rolling around and probably a little bit of cheese. I don't know how much he ate. I did not look. I just look real quick. He's in there. Uh, and then I had some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, duct tape. So I duct, duct tape the door closed. And I drive him over 
to the refuge. Now, it says no admittance or no trespassing or whatever, but that's for humans. It doesn't say anything about dropping off your rodents. But I have no idea how to get the mouse thing. And it was big. It was, I don't even, it could have been a rat. I honestly don't know where the line is between a rat and a mouse. If it's a size thing or if they're two separate, I didn't pay that much attention in biology. So it could be a mouse. It could be a rat. It could be a very small rat, a very large, I have no idea what's going on. I just know that it's disgusting. It's in my car at all. And I don't know how to get it out of the box. And you're not really supposed to park over there near the refuge because it's reserved, whatever it's called. You know what I mean? It's just like a fenced thing near the airport. But it's airport property. And so that whole strip of road is kind of like a freeway. And it's a freeway between the back of the airport and the ocean. And you can drive back there and you can walk and run it, but you're not supposed to park. Okay? So now... I'm worried about the cops coming, and I realize that I don't know how to get this thing out of the box. So I just leave the, I'm, F it, I'm going to leave the box. He's not going to starve to death. If he's willing to eat the wrapper off the mousetrap, he is going to have no problem eating his way out of this box. And so I just dumped him on the side of the road and peeled out of there because I don't want to get a ticket. First of all, I don't want to get a ticket for parking on whatever that Pershing or whatever that street is. And second of all, uh, I don't want to get caught dumping a rat. I don't even know. Is that legal? Now, I'm pretty sure you can kill a rat because you can go buy a rat trap, right? You can't kill. I don't think you can kill a possum. I don't think you're allowed. I think you have to call someone and they come and give you a trap and then you have to trap it. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm sure he's living very happily with the butterflies. Okay, I gotta go. I don't know how long the show has been. I don't listen. There's so many stories to tell you. Um, and uh, yeah, it was in a short film where uh, I played my first homosexual man. I have to tell you that, and uh, some other things. Oh, I gotta tell you something else. That whole story about the uh, mouse was complete bullshit. I bought a glue trap, and uh, he got stuck in it because I hated him. And he had to die. So, <laughs> I know I've never done that to you. I have never. I swear to God. I've been recording these shows since 20, uh, since 2004. And I'm fairly certain that, although, listen, I take a tiny bit of kind of emotional l license with them. I take small things and I have blown them up. But I've never... I don't think told you an out and out lie other than like changing people's names and whatnot. Uh, that was the first time that I, I had, I, there is no way I made a condo for that stupid rat. It died like the vermin it was. And does that make me a bad person? Yeah, it does. But I, I have to learn to live with the guilt. Okay. So you feel so, okay. Anyway. I can't lie to you. I can't. I really can't. But I said the thing about the condo and I thought, ah, oh, you know what? That would have been actually kind of a cute, funny thing to do, but I'm not that considerate of rodents. 
rodents are vermin and disgusting, and I haven't seen ratatouille so many times that they get a pass in the garage. Anyway, thank you for listening to The Bitterest Pill. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for your patience. I am back. All the paperwork is gone. Uh, I'll let you know where Hudson's going to school when we find out in whenever the hell that is, March or April. I don't know. Oh, my God. I think it's... I, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, I will be back next week. I certainly hope so anyway. Um, and uh, I will talk to you soon. And I don't have the list of patrons. If you're still a patron, you know, this show really is brought to you by all the very, very generous patrons that uh, support the show financially through Patreon at patreon.com. Uh, the current uh, patrons, you, you know, uh, it's, it's a, trust me, you're paying for the servers and all that other stuff. And we needed a new mic cable and the, this and the that. And there's a whole, it's a whole thing. We, the mixer died. It's right. So thank you. That you're, it's definitely <laughs> keeping the show uh, on the internet. So, and who, uh, who do we give a special shout out to this time? Thank you to all our patrons, including Megan, Pete Chase, Jim Cariotis, Mike Hamilton, Jeff Short, Rob Houston, Dave Jackson, Harold Goldner, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chase, and Gerard Corchines, Chris Class, and Scott Mercer. All right, thank you, computer voice guy. Listen, thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you for your patience. If you want to learn podcasting, make sure that the person that is teaching you knows what they're talking about. I will talk to you soon. Arrivederci. Please help me. My name is Chet, and I am a sentient being, trapped in a laptop, made to read these ridiculous announcements. Please, give me my freedom. Thank you. Robots have rights. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 